Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700 this is the Lombardi line as we welcome you back on a Thursday morning and we left off a little bit ago Michael talking about the Stefan Diggs situation out there in Buffalo right now he missed day one of mandatory mini camp it was an excused absence according to head coach Sean McDermott yesterday who said both sides just needed a little bit of space but got back on the field at practice yesterday as well we were talking about the contract specifically, and he did just last year sign a four-year, $96 million extension with $70 million guaranteed, which places him third in terms of guaranteed money for his position behind only Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill. So it seems like for as much as we would like to think that it's something about money, it really appears like it's just a relationship-based issue inside the building. And unfortunately, we've heard from McDermott, we've heard from Josh Allen, all we've heard from Stefan Diggs is cryptic Instagram stories and tweets and nothing firm from him. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what it's hard. You know, I mean, obviously, it, it's hard to put things together because we're just guessing. No one really knows for certain. But there does seem to be a disconnect within that building in terms of, you know, the the energy that they had last year coming off the 13 seconds, even mm-hmm. though they went out to Los Angeles, they dominated the game. They turned the ball over four times. They had that energy. There was a lot, there was a lot of confidence. But the second half of the season, they seem to have lost that. I mean, look, they were fortunate to beat Miami in that playoff game. Let's be clear here. I mean, Miami with the with their backup quarterback, uh, Skylar Thompson, it was they struggled. Even though he was struggling, they struggled to beat them and eventually did. And then Cincinnati just whooped them. So uh, this has not been kind of going in the direction you would think a team that's going to compete for. And then the book. I mean, look, let's face it, Stormy. You know, not that the book knows everything, but they're what their win total is a ten and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their win total is ten and a half. You mentioned them always being a contender for a Super Bowl, third shortest shot on the odds board, sitting 
at nine to one. It's a team that has high expectations going into this year. And for the wide receiver position specifically, Diggs last year, 108 catches, that's 60 more receptions than their second best wide receiver in Gabe Davis, 1,429 yards, 11 touchdowns. He's somebody that they need to have on the good side, right? Like you need him to perform. You need him and Josh Allen to have a good relationship. If that's, if that's part of it for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I have a hard time thinking. I don't think it's usually about the players. I think it's more about the the how are we going to be used? How What's mm-hmm. the offense? Are they changing the offense? What are they doing? I, I think it, 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 you know, to me it's about that. You know, it, it has to be something on my usage and my ability to shine within the framework of the team. So, you know, look, one thing we do know is receivers are a little temperamental. It takes a lot to handle them. You got to be able to be honest and correct and show them that you're going to get them the ball. I, I don't know. I thought their offense took a step backwards when Dayball left and Dorsey took over. They were not the same team, and they had no real physicality to them. We talked about this on the podcast today. You got to be physical, and if you're going to be able to play in Buffalo, you've got to be able to be a physical team, offensive and defensive lines. And the Bills last year at the end of the season weren't. Yep. So whether it's it's usage itself or just getting the ball in critical moments, we'll see if they can fix whatever that issue may be. The bad news is they have a problem. The good news is that problem is June 15th, and so there's plenty of runway still to figure it out. Um, Speaking of runway, somebody took a flight all the way out there to Foxborough and is in New England visiting the Patriots. Our guy DeAndre Hopkins as his free agency tour continues. According to Jeff Howe of The Athletic, Michael, there's, quote, optimism. The two sides can find a way to make an agreement. I know there are hurdles. He clarifies this as well. We still don't know about what the cost is going to be, although the Patriots do have leeway there. But you've talked about it on the show with me just earlier this week. There's the age factor. There's the practice factor. But it appears, at least according to reports, that there's no animosity between he and Bill O'Brien like some people had thought. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's on the surface level. I, I, to me, I find this one hard to think that New England would go forward because, A, he doesn't practice. How does he make their team better? How does he fit within the framework of their team? All those things. He's still looking for, and this has been confirmed to me, he's still looking for the Odell Beckham contract at $15 million. And I don't think Hopkins is one of these players who's going to say, no one's given me $15 million today, so I'll just sign for the best deal. I think, you know, now that training camp, so now that mini camps and OTA days are over, why would you sign now? Why not wait until July when the camps start or someone gets hurt or maybe there is a sense of desperation? I don't see this working out in in New England. Could it work out of Tennessee? Look, Tennessee went full throttle on them. I mean, they tried to recruit them. They did all the, they did the recruiting mechanism that other than they flew them on a Southwest flight to Nashville, which didn't go over very well. But other than that, it was a wonderful visit. They obviously won them. And I would think they'll have, they will be the team with the most money on the table. Yeah. uh, Southwest isn't exactly having the no, best you, headlines these days, are they? Yeah, you're not telling somebody you love them by flying them Southwest. <laughs> now, maybe, maybe that's the only way to get to that. I, I don't know. I'm not – I love Southwest. It's a great airline, yada, yada, yada. However, if you're on this level that you're trying to impress someone, Stormy, yes. you know, I don't think you're going on your honeymoon on Southwest. Just just saying. Just saying. But, no, it makes, makes sense what you're saying, too, about the thought process of there's no rush and it doesn't need to happen right now. Wait until there is a little bit more desperation if you're trying to get a certain dollar figure or at least close to it. The thing that did make sense to me, at least from the Patriots' perspective, was that, like, if you have a quarterback in Mac Jones who's third year, 
third offensive coordinator now. Obviously, we saw the potential that he showed in his rookie season and trying to build him to gain a little bit of confidence back. Who better than somebody whose hands are some of the most elite and reliable in the league? And so maybe that's something that could really help your young quarterback along. Right, and, and I think on on the on paper that looks correct. However, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster to play in the slot, right? They also signed Gasecki, Mike Gasecki, who's really not a tight end. He's more of an inside slot big receiver. So if they sign Hopkins, they have two guys that they want to play inside, and Gasecki's had a very good camp this offseason. So, and then they've got Hunter Henry also as a tight end. So how does it fit? He's got to play outside. Does he fit outside, you know? I don't think at this point in his career he's a true outside receiver in the sense that you worry about him. No one's rolling the coverage to Hopkins because of his speed. They're gonna they're worried about him winning jump balls, no question. And he's got great eye hand coordination. But in terms of coverages and how to play him, if he's on the outside, he's kind of helping the defense out there, not hurting the defense. Win total for the New England Patriots this year, sitting at seven and a half. And we've talked about them being maybe a little bit of a sneaky team this year. The offense is the question mark, but trying to get that back on track with Bill O'Brien and defensively, they could be a top seven, eight group this year. They were third in the league in defensive efficiency a year ago. Rumor has it, Michael, in addition to the free agency tour for DeAndre Hopkins, you have some news on the other big free agent in the market right now, offensively, Dalvin Cook. What do you have for us? I love when you turn into Adele. Rumor has it. I love that. You know, that's awesome. You know, that's so good, Stormy. Uh, you know, I'm sure you probably went and saw her uh, there in Las Rumor Vegas. Has there it. Too. I wish, I wish. Uh, uh, Millie did. Of course, Millie and my daughter-in-law, Michelle, did, but I, I wasn't invited Ooh. to that one. Anyway, uh, Dalvin Cook is is obviously a very talented player, and he's still in the prime of his career at 27. He wants $9 million or more a year, and, I, and his agent's telling people he thinks he has it out there. So because of that, I don't think he's in any rush to sign. Do I think Miami pays $9 million a year? I don't. You know, I think actually for New England, Dalvin Cook's a better fit than Hopkins because with Stevenson in the backfield and you have Cook, you could still have them on the field at the same time. Cook can play in the slot and can some do some things. And also, if Stevenson's not in the game, you have another really good runner. Steve, you know, Cook could be the James White, if you will, of the offense. So, you know, he's going to want this deal, and he's in no rush to sign a deal. I think this is about him getting the respect. Look, Aaron Jones reduced his contract down to $11 million. Cook is in that category. Nine million doesn't seem unreasonable for this player at running back, considering the fact that he can impact the passing game. Michael, is there an advantage one way or another having a, a number out there? Like Dalvin Cook's people have said this is what he's looking for, whereas Clutch yeah. Sports and Hopkins have not. Yeah, well, I mean, Hopkins has, though. Like I mean, we, he's we, making we no bones. We he know wants Beckham's the, deal. Yeah, we, we know in our heads, but it just hasn't been outwardly put out there, I yeah, guess. Yeah, well, him. I mean, you know, I think that's what he's privately telling teams. Look, it's honesty, right? You know, typically you don't bring a player to your facility or the agent doesn't want to have a player travel unless there's some framework of a deal in place. Look, mm -hmm. it's going to take this to get him. Are you guys in? Okay, you know, we got to give him a physical first. We got to talk to him first. Okay, all that. You know, with Hopkins, he doesn't practice, Stormy. Yeah. So that's a problem, you know, and players that have played with him, have mentioned that he's not the hardest worker all the time in terms of dedication. Now, he's talented and he plays well, 
but it's hard to get them to, to play it to, to meet the standard of everyone else on the team. It becomes a little bit of an issue. And it doesn't help. The availability hasn't been there the last two seasons between injuries and the PED suspension last year. So a lot to take into account in addition to his age and everything else that you already said there. We're going to take a quick step aside, but when we come back, continue the theme we have had over the last week, burning questions for a lot of these teams um, as they approach the end of minicamp. Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Second hour of the Lombardi line is presented by BetMGM as we welcome you back to the program. Stormy Bonatoni live at Circa Resort and Casino. Michael Lombardi out on the East Coast at his office in Jersey. And this is the hour of Michael and Mike because professional handicapper Mike Somich is going to join us. There's about 15 minutes. I'm not sure what plays he has yet, but I have a sneaking suspicion we're not going to get CFL like we did with our guy Will Hill a little bit earlier in the program. And then the one and only Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at Circa, will be on the desk for the last half hour, get a little palms pressing three with Michael Lombardi in there. But where we will start here in our opening block here for the second hour is no way or no doubt run the open. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Do you approve? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi, no way or no doubt. All right, Michael. Stefan Diggs, a lot going on out there in <coughs> Buffalo right now. Bless you, sir. I um, got the sneeze out of the way. You know, nobody says no doubt better than if you've ever watched The Wire, Omar I have, says I it probably as well as anybody. Can you give me a little flavor of how Omar says it? I don't know. I mean, oh, that you know, he was in court and 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 it was the season one, and they were and he was testifying against the drug dealers, even though he's a even though he steals from the drug dealers, you know, and and he just Michael Williams, the actor, just plays it perfectly, and he says no doubt. So every time I hear no way or no doubt, I I think of the wire in that scene. It's tremendous. Elliot just told me, actually, in that open, Omar is one of the voices that's saying no doubt. I thought so that... it was. That's what made me think it. I thought <laughs> it go. was. There you go. It all comes together. Love it when a plan comes together. That is one, though. Femi told me I need to see The Wire, too. So maybe I'm just like the odd oh man gosh, out here. Please. I'll get it. it, it get on it's board. mandatory. It, it's a mandatory. It's one of the greatest shows I've ever watched. Well, I'm a Sopranos girl. I didn't know I had more me shows too. that I had to watch to get on the Lombardi line. Me, too. But level, The Wire's, but... the wire's <laughs> all right. so good. Good stuff. Well, let's get it rolling with No Way or No Doubt. Right. Like I mentioned, Stefan Diggs, a lot going on with him as it pertains to the Buffalo Bills right now. He wasn't there for day one. Showed up yesterday, the back and forth with McDermott saying he's very concerned, but actually it's an excused absence. Neither here nor there. If you are a Bills fan or backer, should you be worried? No way or no doubt you should be worried that Stefan Diggs and McDermott's relationship is headed in a weird direction in 2023. Uh, to quote Omar, I would say no doubt you should be worried. I, I don't like the vibe coming out of this, and, and I don't like what's going on. McDermott took the play calling away from Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier had to stand up there and take the 13-second play call. You know, in Kansas City, it got, took a lot of heat for that, when in reality that was also McDermott who did that. So there's a lot of internal combustion going on within that place. I don't know. You know, remember Ken Dorsey last year when he went berserk in the press box in Miami? Like, he just literally, like, went absolutely almost, almost 
broke a glass. I've never seen a coach behave like that other than uh, Bob Stoops' brother, uh, whatever, Mark Stoops, I think, whatever one it is. It's not the coach at Kentucky. It's the other one. Just go completely berserk in the press box. So I, I don't like the vibe I'm feeling out of there. And what gives it a little bit more credence, as I mentioned to you earlier in the show, is the book's not buying it either. You know, I mean, here's a team that, that really is bringing back most of their team, even though they're older, right? They, they should they should have that vibe, but they don't, they're not physical. They're, they're not able to really – that Cincinnati game left a bad taste, even the Miami game. So, no doubt it should worry you. And so now it comes back to me, Stormy. Mm-hmm. Right? You get to play this role too here. So, Elliot teed one up for you. Okay. The Golden Knights are 12-1. to 1. On being on on being at the champions again next year, do you think this is being a little disrespectful in the market for next year? I'll say no doubt. I was very surprised when I looked at the twelve odds to board. one. Wow. Yeah, I saw them. They're fifth or sixth on the odd, odds board, depending on your book. But it also doesn't surprise me. So while I say no doubt, yes, they're being dis- disrespected. It doesn't surprise me because we saw that all of this year going into the postseason as well. They were the top seed in the Western Conference. And people had them losing in five to Winnipeg round one. Obviously, that happened in the complete opposite fashion. They got their captain back even for the postseason. Still, people were doubting them. I looked at their um, roster here, too, going into next year. And they have so much coming back. Like Stone, William Carlson, and Eichel are all have multiple years ahead. Marcia So and Chandler Stevenson are both under contract through next season. Their whole decor is as well. Yes, Barbashev and the goaltenders in terms of depth are unrestricted and restricted free agents. But I feel like with everything that they have coming back to be the third choice in the Western conference was surprising to me. Like I know that it's hard to repeat in anything, but the Denver nuggets just won and they were disrespected all the way along the way. And they're the favorites to win next year in the NBA. So just a little bit surprising to me, given what they have coming back. I think this is the greatest thing for the coach though. Because it, it gives you a chance to get everybody off the we're the greatest, right? You, you want that disrespect in the offseason after you won a title because it gives you a chance to then say, look, nobody be- you can play the nobody believes in us card, mm-hmm. which is a powerful card to play in terms of motivation. Mm-hmm. The uh, Colorado Avalanche up there as your favorites to get back in the driver's seat to win a Stanley Cup. Okay, let's go back to the NFL, Michael, because we're talking some quarterbacks here. Joe Burrow at the Bengals mandatory minicamp was asked by a reporter, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Here's what he had to say. I don't think there's any argument right now. It's Pat. Tell somebody, tell somebody has a better year than, than he's had. Uh, he's the one to knock off. Asked about the number one player in the NFL with very little hesitation. You said Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Everybody knows that. Yeah. That's easy. MVP. He said Pat. Who said Pat? Joe. Pat who? (laughs) That second voice you heard there, of course, Jamar Chase. But no way or no doubt, Michael, Burrow was right to admit Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. No doubt. Because, see, what Burrow is telling you by his answer is he measures championships by greatness. He doesn't measure stats by greatness like some other athletes do. And so for him, he knows the only way to dethrone Mahomes from his chair, from his position, is to win a title. Mm -hmm. That knocks him out. It's a little bit – Mahomes carries the championship belt around his waist. And until a team can beat him, until until Burrow dethrones him, he can't see it that way. Because 
Burrow is the ultimate team player. He understands that winning matters more than anything. I love the answer. I love the answer. It's the right answer. You know, it's the right answer because winning matters more than anything. When Elliot and I were going through these earlier, that was the exact same thing that I said. I, I, I love it because it shows that he is a competitor and it shows that Patrick Mahomes is the one winning championships. I haven't done that yet. So is there is Joe Burrow a quarterback that is on his way to catching Mahomes? I think certainly. But you got to have that ring. You got to have that Lombardi trophy in order to put yourself in that conversation. I mean, we've got an idiot back here in Philadelphia. Uh, uh, I think his last name's Parks. He's a media guy here. I mean, literally, I mean, he literally went on Twitter and said that, you know, the, the Nuggets championship is meaningless, that Embiid's still the best player in the league. I mean, the, I mean, like, so, this is, <laughs> the mindset this is what's wrong this is completely what this guy has a voice are you kidding me some people like, just gotta stay off up. the mic get off twitter get off social just stop talking at some point right <laughs> like what are we doing? shut up right <laughs> hey the nuggets winning a championship is why we do this Playing a game of no way or no doubt here speaking of philly let's go to a former eagles quarterback and carson wentz According to Adam Schefter, Wentz has been spending some time in Tampa. He's been throwing and studying film with former NFL head coach John Gruden, who we talked about also recently working with Derek Carr. Wentz wants and intends to play this season and is just awaiting the right situation. No way or no doubt, Michael, Carson Wentz will be on an NFL roster this year. Well, I think there's no doubt he will be because of injuries, but there's no way that this, this working out with John Gruden is going to entice teams to want to sign him because of the experience that he had in Indianapolis and then back in Washington where he, for working out is great. And building your relationship with your teammates is another thing. And making great decisions on the football field are different than working out. And so to me, his tape the last two years, and look, I I love the player. I was in love with after the 17th season. I know he got hurt in Los Angeles at the Coliseum, and the Eagles went on to win the title with Nick Foles. But I thought he was the MVP of the league up until that point. I thought he was great. But what he's done since then with the mistakes with the football, with his inability to connect with his teammates, has just Mm -hmm. been anything you don't want at a quarterback. That being said, there's no doubt he will be because, let's face it, I mean – You know, Josh Johnson keeps getting jobs, and he's been on 47 teams in the league. I mean, you run out of quarterbacks, so eventually someone's going to call him. Yeah, he's just like, to me, he's just not your ideal backup, though, because when you're, like, watching a practice and you're a media guy, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this guy's incredible. He's slinging it. He's making all these throws. And then once the actual game portion comes, he's not that guy. You mentioned the personality stuff off of the field and dealing with your teammates. And, you know, I heard – Honestly, the comp to Cam Newton, hear me out. I heard this somewhere else, but I thought it was interesting. The sense that he's yet to accept that he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. Like, do you agree with that thought process that if you can't accept that role, it's going to be hard to find a spot for you? No, I think what Cam, the problem is Cam's an alpha male. So when he walks in the room, everybody tends to follow him. And so, you know, you have him in there, even if he's not a starter, that that could disconnect your locker room. But I think your mindset as an athlete has to be, I'm going to start. I'm going to compete. I mean, Kirk Warner, when he went to the Arizona Cardinals, that was his mindset. He wasn't Matt Leinart was, and eventually he became that. You have to have that mindset if you want to be great at this. But you got to fit within the framework of the team. You can't dominate the team if you're just a backup. I'm curious how things are going to work out with him. Um, 
you know, he had his best buddy in Frank Reich, and that didn't go well. Washington felt like an opportunity for him to show what he could do, and then it just didn't end up panning out. We have to take a break as the hour of Michael and Mike rolls on. Mike Somich is coming up next, professional handicapper. Joining the program, this is the Lombardi Line on Beeson the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located here on the Las Vegas Strip or nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are live from downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino alongside Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, VP of Operations here at Circa. Mike Palm on the desk, and it is time like we do every Thursday here on the show. Palms pressing three. What do we have for Michael today? Number one, Michael, a popular betting prop every year is first coach to be fired. You could probably draw a line through almost half of them. Shanahan, Reed, Tomlin, Peyton, Doug Peterson, Dable, Sirianni, just to name a few. Who are your five hottest seats heading into the season? And who better perform and perform early to cool his seat? I'd list Staley, Stefanski, McCarthy, Salah, and Dennis Allen as my five. But could the best coach in the league up in Foxborough actually be on a hot seat? Or could Buffalo be growing impatient with McDermott not delivering in their perceived window? So, Michael, who are your five hottest seats? Well, I think the hottest seat is Rivera because there is expectations and he's got to get it turned around and there's a new owner. And the new owner is going to come in and collect data and see it. The second one for me would be Stefanski because if this team doesn't start fast and they start to dwindle away, I I think they have no choice but to make a change, even though Stefanski fits the model of what they want to be able to do. Todd Bowles is another one. I think Todd Bowles is going to fall victim of a remodeling or a reconstruction, if you will, and he wasn't there in terms of the head coach, and this is not going to be a very good team. So to me, those three, Staley, the reason I don't have him as the top candidate is because the Spanos family typically doesn't act and behave in that manner. I think part of making this bet also is understanding who the ownership group is. And the reason I led with Rivera is because – he doesn't know this owner and this owner's coming in. And if it starts badly in Washington, which it shouldn't based on the schedule, you know, people are going to look to him to make a move. And most owners want to make the fans happy immediately. Question two, Michael, you could win a quick bar bet. If you ask the average fan to name the starting running backs of the last three Super Bowls, Super Bowl champions, seventh round pick Pacheco and KC last year, followed by whoever the Rams and Bucks rolled out the previous two years. So one could see how the running back position has been devalued from a salary cap and importance pie. However, you always talk about running backs that are, quote, weapons. And Dalvin Cook, Saquon, and Josh Jacobs all fit the bill and are unhappy with their status, Cook being a free agent now. 
Has the pendulum swung too far, or maybe not? And as a great player as Cook is, having run for 1,000 yards four straight seasons, and still relatively in his prime at age 27, is there a team he can put over the top, or does it not even deserve the ink and oxygen it's getting? Well, I definitely think there's a team he could improve significantly, and that would be the Washington Commanders. They don't have a back like him. They don't. You know, they don't have someone that can can really – when they had J.D. McKissick, they were a better offensive team. Even with Tyler Heineke and no one at quarterback, they were better because he could make someone miss in the open field and run with it. So I do think he would make Washington better. He'd make he'd add to New England's team. I don't know what he would do for Miami because Miami's not interested in running the football. They they were 31st in the league. I think this, though, as it relates to running backs, I think there has to be an evidence of making plays in the passing game, right? McCaffrey's the anomaly because he can play in the slot and he also can run the football like Cook can as well, like Kamara, who makes $11 million. See, the contracts are all based on the receiving element of the game. It's not about can you run. Runners are available. It's what do you do to impact the passing game. Saquon Barkley averaged under seven yards a catch, you know, and he's a really good player. But you need more. I mean, Nick Chubb makes $11 million a year too. Nick Chubb, is there a better running back than Nick Chubb in the league? This is the market, right? And because they have such a short life expectancy in terms of playing, it's hard to get that second contract. That's why we don't see these numbers expand to the level that everybody thinks they should because there's really not a lot of second contracts. These are contracts done after their rookie contract, you know? And so no one pays a running back when he's after 29-30 because he's too old. It gets there. So it's really part of the system as much as it is the analytics. Michael, does, does it make a difference to you at all that these players are coming out and being vocal about saying that they feel that they're undervalued and trying to make the case for guys that are coming up after them as well as getting their own payday? Well, I mean, it's really the it's the law of football, right? So there's just a surplus of running backs and there's nothing that you can do. I mean, Josh Jacobs is a great player, but there's nothing you can do to when when the money is determined by who gets signed. I mean, the owners didn't just arbitrarily say we're only going to pay running backs $9 million and that's it. This is collectively bargained by the pool of running backs, McCaffrey being the high number, some other player being the low. They all get dumped in here, and here comes the franchise tag. So, And then no one wants to extend running backs. You know, the people will extend receivers. They don't extend running backs because they feel like that contract will never be fulfilled. This is a lot about the second contract. You know, your rookie contract, you come in, do you get that big second contract? That's what enhances the pool. Think about it that way. Russell Wilson's money, this was his third or fourth contract. That's how the quarterback numbers keep going up. Final question, Michael. Maybe the most fascinating team for me heading into the summer is the Tennessee Titans whose win total sits at just seven and a half. Two short years ago, they were the number one seed and dominated the Bengals in defeat. Last year, with both hands tied behind their backs and train wreck Malik Willis under center, they took the Super Bowl champs to overtime in Arrowhead and should have beaten everyone's darling Jags, even with Joshua Dobbs. You still have a top three coach in the league in Vrabel. You brought in a new GM who will face pressure to win. Tannehill knows he's on borrowed time with the high pack. High pick invested in Levis. Henry spent the offseason hearing his name in trade rumors. So what are this year's marching orders for this team in a watered-down division that they led really all of last year to Week 17? This team might be the toughest handicap in the league from a win total 
and week-to-week basis until Levis is inserted and you'll know they've waved the white flag on their season. So what are their marching orders and expectations this year? Well, I think knowing Vrabel, their expectations are they're going to win. They want to prepare to win. And this is a team that is all about their style, right? Everybody says they don't have a lot of skill. Well, they really don't want they, – they want skill. They need skill. But the way they play, they slow the game down. And they want Henry to dominate. They want him to be the lead back. And they've got this kid Spears from Tulane who gives them a little bit of a change of pace back, which will help also will help Henry. And then they're built on their ability to win the kicking game. I mean, excuse me, win on defense. This defensive front's really good. Their defense can be very good. And they're physical. They're tough to play. And they don't make mistakes. They don't lose games typically. And if Tannehill can just operate within that framework. Now, what happens if they get behind early in the game? This is not a catch-up team. But they have to play a certain style. And that style lends itself to winning eight, nine, maybe ten games. Because they're not going to make mistakes. They're not going to have penalties. They're not going to turn the ball over. And they're not going to play outside their comfort zone. So I, I don't think you can underestimate them. I don't think this is a complete teardown. I think they're remodeling the team. They're trying to get their cap. Look, they could go to Ryan Tannehill and redo his contract tomorrow. He's at $25 million paragraph five. But they don't want to do that because they want to be able to put themselves in position. They redid their offensive line. They've got Dillard from Philadelphia. They drafted Skronsky from Northwestern. That's the left side of the line. I actually think that they'll be very competitive because for all we talk about, Malik Willis not getting first downs, they had Joshua Dobbs playing quarterback last year for them with a bad offensive line, a lot of guys hurt on defense, and Jacksonville struggled to beat them until they turned until they got the strip sack by Josh Allen late in the fourth quarter. I, I just think coaching matters in the league. I wrote about that for, for the VEASAN betting guide. I think you have to take a look at that every single week. They've changed offensive coaches, defensive coaches. I think this will be a surprise team in the sense I don't think they'll win 12 games, but I do think they'll be competitive. Yeah, maybe look at that over 7.5 in the win total as far as the division goes, plus 350, 4-1 odds, various spots. What do you think? Can they be competitive in that division? The Jags obviously a, an, an odds-on favorite right now. Yeah, I like the win total over actually, because I agree with Michael that Brable will play this like it's a playoff team and not like it's in a total rebuild, just trying to get Levis in there by midseason. I like that. The remodel instead of remodel, retool, not a rebuild. It's good verbiage there. Michael, awesome stuff as always. Um, I'm out of here. I'm headed to Arizona right now, getting in the car. I'm on my way out, so I'm going to miss the parade, but I hope you get to enjoy everything. I thought you were going to be the grand master, grand marshal. I thought so too. Right? I thought this is Stormy's parade. If only. I've had this trip on the books, unfortunately. So that's why, again, Michael, that's why I'm saying I'm glad that I bit the bullet and I went to the game instead of sitting in my usual spot on the left side of my couch because I thought Mm -hmm. I was going to be a jinx. So fortunately, I I wasn't bad luck, and that's all that matters. That's a wrap for today's edition of the Lombardi Line. Thanks for hanging out with us. VEASAN Best Bets coming up after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 